Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, this is Hal Elrod, and uh, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And my guest today is Brett Culp. I've become a fan of this man uh, over the last uh, couple of months since I discovered his work. And he is a, an acclaimed filmmaker whose work has inspired audiences around the world. He's the personal cinematographer for Hollywood stars, music icons, beloved authors, Hall of Fame athletes, and royal families. And from everything, including tales of everyday superheroes to the stories of children in the villages of Haiti, Brett uncovers and captures powerful human experiences through his heartwarming films. And Brett's been featured in USA Today, Entertainment Tonight, Wired, The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix, and many more. And rather than thinking as a traditional filmmaker, Brett's projects are collaborative efforts, pulling together diverse groups of people into a dialogue and ultimately leading to a greater impact. And Brett's also the founder of the Rising Heroes Project, a nonprofit, not-for-profit that supports charitable organizations and empowers community leaders. Goal Achievers, I present to you the highly acclaimed filmmaker, international keynote speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and all around just really incredible human being, as you will soon find out for yourself, Mr. Brett Culp. Brett, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for the lovely introduction and for inviting me to be part of your world for a few minutes today. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely mutual. Thank you as well. Um, well, what is new and exciting for you right now? Oh, my goodness. You know, it's it's interesting here in the month of July, which is when we're talking here, I'm taking a little bit of a rest. I'm actually catching my breath. I've had a crazy, crazy three years, and I'm working on a brand new project that we're going to really dive into in earnest next month called A Voice That Carries, which is a brand new documentary project for me. Wow. Wow. So you got a lot, you still have a lot going on, even though you're trying to take it easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's kind of a, you know, I'm resting, but still keeping the balls the ball's rolling down the hill. Absolutely. So, you know, Brett, the reason that I reached out to you uh, is because uh, our a mutual acquaintance or friend of ours, John Vroman, uh, yep. recommended your film, Look to the Sky, that, uh, you know, he John leads the Front Row Dads uh, to, mm-hmm. to Dads group. And he, I think it was he posted in the in the community or sent out an email or something and said, check out this film. I happened to go onto Hulu and, and check it out. And uh, I, w- I wanted to watch it with my daughter just based on the reviews and, you know, what it was ba- about and uh, the subject matter. And uh, she was resistant. Ah, dad, let's watch something fun, you know. <laughs> and I, I go, sweetie, I said, if, I said, we'll just watch the first 10 minutes. And if you don't, if you're not totally into it, you will shut it off. Right. Which, by the way, parents, <laughs> great, great way to approach this in case your kids aren't into documentaries like mine and uh, Brett. And so I, you know, I hit play and, and I had a, I set a timer for 10 minutes. Time went off. I'm like, so she goes, no, no, keep, definitely keep watching it. Definitely keep watching it. <laughs> and uh, and by the end of the film, and we'll get into the film, you know, in a little bit. I want to start kind of earlier than that, but I just want to open up with this. And that's by the end of the film, she said, "Dad, I want to do something to help um, someone else less fortunate. How about like homeless yeah. people?" And I said, um, I, I, "Okay." And she and we were we had a daddy daughter day planned for the next day where we were doing all sorts of fun stuff. 
And she said, how about instead of our daddy daughter day, I hope this is okay, but can we go give food or something that the homeless people really homeless people they need? I love that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm going, you're, you're telling me you want to forego the fun stuff (laughs) that you've been like begging for to go feed people that are, have become homeless. And, um, and the next day we had just a magical experience. I posted about this on, on, you know, my social media channels, but just a magical experience. And it was, it was so fulfilling for her. And we went to a restaurant and uh, I told the wet rate waitress what my daughter was doing that day that, you know, that what we were doing and, um, the waitress at the end of the meal came and she said, Hey, you know what? Go- doing good does get rewarded. And the bill was zero dollars. <laughs> right. And my daughter thought that was the coolest thing and then suggested that we tip her $50. So we did. So I think we lost money on that meal. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, you know, I mean, all because of your film. So I, d- I just want to thank you for that. And uh, the work that you're doing in the world is, is really making a difference. That is the great joy, you know, in anything you do in life. To be able to hear those stories is wonderful. I mean, I, you know, it's a gift to be able to know that the work you're doing makes a difference, is making the world better, is making people's lives better, is giving them joy. And maybe even more than all that is bringing out the best in them, sure. is exposing and revealing the light that is in them. And so for me to be part of that experience, for the light to be revealed in your daughter in that way is, is a great honor for me. Yeah, beautifully said, man. Yeah, and I appreciate it. Um, so let's go way back in time. When did you first know or even have the inkling that you wanted to be a filmmaker? And uh, and then following up on that, I'd love to know when did you make it a, you know a real goal, like an official goal? Was it that same moment? Was it years later? Uh, can you take us back to that? Yeah. So when I was in college, I started filming weddings for people. Okay. Uh, you know, I was working a job at Target at four a.m. in a college <laughs> town. And I wanted to get out of that. And so I put flyers all over my college campus. You know, those little things where you can rip the tab off yeah, the bottom sure, of them sure. uh, with a phone number uh, that I would do your wedding. I'd film your wedding for $100. And uh, by the time I graduated from college, I was actually pretty good at that. And I started a business right out of college uh, doing wedding videos. And I got better and better and better at that. And essentially... I ended up in this world, it's a longer story than this, but I ended up in this world where I was traveling all over the planet with celebrities and high profile people filming their events and their special moments in their lives, birthday parties, weddings, special events for their families. I mean, I was literally their personal cinematographer um, for this A-list group of people. And I did that for a while. And what happened was they were also, many of these people were on the board of directors for these not-for-profits that they cared about. And they'd be sitting at some meeting and someone would say, hey, we're trying to raise $5 million for this initiative in Haiti. We want to bring people together for a black tie dinner. We need to make a five-minute video that'll make everybody cry and write us a check. <laughs> and somebody, somebody would say, I know a guy that makes videos for our family that makes them cry. Hmm. And we should bring this guy in to do this. And so... I started this kind of weird transition into um, making these not-for-profit videos that told stories about, you know, people and their lives. And, and it was funny how doing these weddings and special events for 10 years really trained me for that kind of work and trained me to be a documentary filmmaker, even though that I didn't know that's what it was preparing me for. And so I did that, and at some point in the process, uh, A-list celebrity, I was actually filming an event for him on his private island, 
And he looked at me and said, you know, you should be making documentary films. Like, why aren't you making your own films? And I realized, you know, I'd spent 15 years of my career telling stories that express other people's dreams, other people's hearts. And I had dreams and stories that were in my heart that I wanted to tell. And so these films have kind of become an expression of what's in my heart, not only in what the films are about themselves, but the initiatives we have built around these films that have made a positive difference. And I'm just as proud of those initiatives and what that has inspired in people as I am about the films themselves. Well, so I do have, I am curious, uh, you know, and or fascinated uh, about uh, the, how did you get into this world of filming A-list celebrities? Is there, there's got to be a little story in that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, really what happened was that my, I was kind of among a very small group of people who, when this digital technology took over, I mean, if you look back, I mean, I've been doing this for, I'm 41 years old. I started filming weddings when I was 21, 20 years ago. And, you know, I mean, that world of digital technology has evolved. I mean, the first weddings I filmed were on tape. They were on VHS tape. And, you know, then it, you know, slowly moved into this digital world. And so I was an early adopter to digital. And I can remember the first time I was looking at wedding footage in my office and I was like, we could put this in slow motion. We could make it black and white. We could, you know, (laughs) you know, we could add music and time the video up right to the beat of this music. And, you know, I can remember being 23 years old when digital technology was still very new and YouTube didn't even exist yet. And mobile phones did not exist yet. All these things. And we were, we were experimenting and trying these things. And one of my VHS demos ended up in the hands of a event planner, a celebrity event planner in New York city uh, named David Tutera. And David is still, very, you know, he does a reality television show. He did a reality television show on WeTV for a decade about weddings and parties and events. And that before that, he was doing all these celebrity events. David and I are still friends. And um, I attended his wedding last year. And uh, he just started inviting me into these, into these parties. He saw my work, and there was nothing like it that existed at that time and you know youtube started to come out and a few of my wedding videos went viral on youtube and in the very early days of that and so it was this weird sort of a right place right time right vision there was a gap in the market and i ended up in it and now i mean if you look through the inner interwebs you can find tons of people doing amazing wedding work that industry has evolved so much but 20 years ago, they're really, you know, the vision of a wedding video was I'm going to show up with the camera at the end of the night. I'm going to eject the VHS tape from the (laughs) camera and just hand it to your mom. And that was your wedding video. But I was doing these 15 minute movies, Uh, you know, which was a little bit unheard of at that time and uh, very fresh and very avant garde. Again, again, now you can see them everywhere, but, but that was pretty new and there was only a handful of people doing it. And also, I was generally a pretty nice guy. You know, I was doing great work. I was good at marketing. I had a natural instinct for marketing and sales and, you know, building websites in the early days when websites were still a new thing. And I built my brand and my image very well when no one was talking about the word brand. And then I would fly in for these meetings in New York City and I was pretty nice and charming. And 
they loved the idea of having somebody make something for them that no one, none of their friends had. Hmm. So it just moved very, very quickly. And I found myself in a world that was very interesting, very unique, very fast. Wow. Wow. Really? And how long were you in that world before you went into into documentary filmmaking? Yeah. So, I mean, I was in that world for 12 to 15 years. It was a slow kind of move out because even as I was doing my first feature length documentary, which was Legends of the Night, which was currently, you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and that's Legends of the Night. K-N-I-G-H-T, like the Dark Knight, because this film is related to Batman. Yeah. Even when I was working on that, I mean, I didn't have any money, so I was still, that was a passion project I was working on. You know, again, I I had all the equipment, I had all the gear, I'd spent 15 years refining my skill set, but, you know, I wasn't making money for that. That was a completely pie in the sky, who knows what's going to happen sort of initiative for me. And so I was doing corporate projects and and weddings and working with these not-for-profit organizations all through that time. And so really it wasn't, I mean, this is a little side note, but it wasn't really until I started doing keynote speaking, which I'm doing a lot of now. I probably do 35 to 40 keynotes a year. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, now I'm not doing hardly any work for hire video projects at all. It's just the documentaries and the keynote speaking. Got it. Got it. Very cool. Now, so Legends of the Night uh, is, again, it's it's the tie-in with, with Batman. I'm assuming, are you a huge superhero fan? <laughs> I am. Okay. I am. I'm lifelong. I mean, if you look at my first birthday picture, you know, I'm wearing a Batman hat, standing next to a Batman birthday cake, sitting on a Batman tricycle. Got you know, it. I mean, it's, it's, it's been part of my life forever. I love these characters. You know, Batman is my favorite um, in terms of all that for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, and, 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 and this film, Legends of the Night, came about because I had this vision. You know, I'd spent my life, 12 years of my 15 years of my life, telling stories and watching how people were changed by stories. And I wanted to make a film about the power of storytelling, about how stories change us. Hmm. And I wanted to pick uh, kind of a modern day myth, a modern day folk tale that kind of had run through multiple generations so that I could talk about the power of storytelling through a very specific lens. Hmm. And at some point I realized, you know, okay, what's a character that's been around for multi-generations? I could interview older people, younger people, you know, and everyone in between, you know, what's a character like that? And then I realized, it's like my favorite character. It's back. Hmm. You know, here's this character that has been around for 80 years now has evolved, changed, had multiple different formats, multiple different, you know, he was on the radio. He was on television. He's been in movies. He's been in comic books. He's video games, cartoons. There's Batman for, you know, there's Christopher Nolan, Batman for 30 year olds, which is complex, political, uh, emotional, the deep, you know, sort of dialogue, but then there's also the Brave and the Bold on Cartoon Network, which is for three-year-olds, you know, and so Batman kind of is for everybody, and everybody knows Batman, but they know him in different ways. You say Batman to a 50-year-old, and they sing you the na 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 you know, but if you say Batman to, you know, somebody of my age, they say Michael Keaton's, you know, I'm Batman. Yeah. You know, if you say it to a different person, they'll say, why so serious? Yeah. You know, 
from the Heath Ledger Joker. And so here's this character that is ingrained in the culture. Parts of him have stayed the same. Parts of him have changed. And I was very curious about the not only the bigger cultural impact. That's really not what the film is about. The film is really about the individual impact. How how, how does a heroic story like that that becomes so like ingrained in your psyche, how does that affect the way you see yourself, the, the power that you see within yourself, and what you could be and what you could do in the world? And so the film, Legends of the Night, it's a documentary that tells the stories of people who were inspired to become heroes in their own life, to do good, to overcome struggles, to help other people because of their childhood love and bad because they loved this character and they could see in retrospect how it affected their life. Hmm. So the film isn't about people that put on costumes and go out and punch people in the face. It's not about that. It's about people who fought through physical challenges, who decided they wanted to become a police officer because they wanted to be like Batman when they were a kid, who decided that they wanted to do something good for others and make a difference like Batman did. And, I felt like it was a great way to uh, talk about these things, but talk about it in a way that would make sense to us culturally, because we understand Batman. We get it kind of in our DNA on some level. And so I didn't realize at the time that that was going to kind of create a sort of viral sensation uh, that when that trailer was released for that film, how much people were going to really respond to it on an emotional level, because it's not an academic movie. Yeah. It is a uh, emotional, very personal. I mean, if you watch my films, you will cry. I mean, one of the executive producers on this project said the tagline for this film should be Batman will make you cry because, <laughs> because you're getting into these very deep things about what it is to be human and what it is to suffer and what it is to overcome that suffering and to redeem it which is in many ways at the heart of what the Batman story is on a deep psychological, emotional level. And so we were telling stories that were really pretty heart-wrenching on some level, but beautiful. And Batman was right at the core of it. So, you know, it was weird that when the trailer came out, I mean, there was a day when filmmaker Kevin Smith, legendary indie filmmaker Kevin Smith, and Deepak Chopra tweeted about my film on the same day. On the same day. On the same day. And it's like, that's super weird. I mean, here's Kevin Smith on his podcast dropping the F-bomb like crazy. (laughs) And here's Deepak Chopra talking about the chakras of, you know, whatever. And and he's talking about the film. And so you realize in that moment, you've got something that's bigger than your normal sort of documentary film. Yeah. Um, And uh, so it was beautiful to watch. Awesome. Now, what interestingly enough, I read somewhere that you and I. By the way, I watched the trailer to that movie this morning, and now I'm I'm pumped to see it on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet uh, in its entirety, but I saw the trailer this morning, and uh, yeah, it was it's very compelling. Um, now that films that films on Amazon Prime, just so you know, it's, oh, it was on Netflix. It's moved over to Amazon Prime now. Okay, even better. Well, yeah, I guess equally as good. I've got both, but yeah, awesome. <laughs> I like Amazon Prime Video. So the uh, I read though that you, without sin- spending a single marketing dollar that that film has played theatrically in 110 cities and it's raised over $100,000 for charitable organizations. And I personally, I have a documentary we just finished and we're about to release our first documentary. So selfishly, 
I'm curious <laughs> as to how you did that. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great question. So, and we can talk so, more offline, but you know, just a high level here. Totally fine. So, you know, when I finished that film, every step along the way, people would say to me, "Well, what are you going to do with this film?" And I would say, "I have no idea. I, I don't know." And it's one of those weird things where, you know, I know what you're supposed to do is make a full plan and you're not just supposed to dive into the deep end of the pool on projects. You're supposed to kind of think through how you're going to do it, what you're going to do it. I didn't do any of that. I knew in my heart what I wanted to achieve, which was to inspire people to do good, to make a difference. As we said before, to bring out the light in people. I knew that was my goal. I just didn't know strategically how I was going to do that. And so we finished the project. And I decided to, we did a world premiere for it here in my hometown of Tampa, Florida. And uh, like 600 people came to the world premiere. And we committed that the proceeds from that screening were going to go to a local charity that helped families that were homeless. And we raised like $1,000 that night. Hmm. And I remember waking up the next morning and saying to my wife, I know what I want to do with this film. I want everyone in the world to have the opportunity to feel the way I feel right now. And my wife was like, well, I don't know how they do that. They'd have to make a film <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and do this. And I said, yeah, but what if they could use my film? Like, what if my film could be the catalyst for them to do this? And so what we set up was a unique theatrical distribution opportunity where people through our website could type in their zip code pull up all the partner movie theaters and they could actually, that were in their area and they could actually request a screening at no cost. They could request the screening of legends of the night in their local movie theater with the proceeds benefiting whatever charity they chose. So essentially we gave away all the proceeds Hmm. and I didn't, I mean, that was like my best finagling, my best strategic way of achieving what I had felt at the world premiere. And we didn't know if anybody was going to do that, if anybody was going to care. But the reality is, is that what you just mentioned, Legends of the Night has screened in 110 cities. Those those screenings have raised money for all types of different charities. But I didn't do that. Like, I didn't make that happen. These amazing people all over the world did that. They saw this film. They loved the idea. And they essentially stepped up into that space we had invited them into, and they requested the screening, they picked charity, they invited their friends, they reached out to the community, they appeared on a local television news show, they sent a press release to the news that got it in. And so, you know, my little film that I had no marketing budget or advertising budget for ends up going all over the place and ends up then on Netflix for two years because of all that, and now on Amazon Prime, not because I was such a savvy savvy marketer or I was so good at getting it into the right film festivals or anything like that. It was truly a grassroots movement that reminded me how much good there is in the world and that reminded me how often people will respond to the good when you invite them into that space. And it really redefined leadership for me, which is what I speak about speak in my on, keynotes. Yeah. I mean, I share that experience. I mean, it, it showed leadership, you know, people who had never done anything like this before, had never organized a screening, had never been involved in really a charity effort in a real way, 
who'd never shown up as a community leader were organizing these screenings, who were in all their nervousness and hand-wringing, appearing on a live television morning show to promote it, who were you know, calling their friends on the phone to get them to come out to this charity event to celebrate the heroic spirit in this movie theater, but also raise money for a charity that they thought was doing good in the world. And it was a really, you know, the pictures from that that, that came through social media and they were, the, the hashtag for the film was we are Batman. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you look through Instagram and Twitter and, and search that hashtag and, you know, particularly from a couple of years ago when this was happening and you see all those pictures, a lot of which are on my website, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to to watch people come together like this. Yeah, absolutely. And so the uh, and that, by the way, you said Legends of the Night. That's on Amazon Prime, and is it available to watch anywhere else? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's also on iTunes. Okay, got it. Amazon Prime and iTunes. Um, now the the film, as I mentioned earlier, that in, introduced me to your work is Look to the Sky, and similar to the the Batman theme of Legends of the Night, it's a Superman theme, right? And it's kind of bringing out the Oh, had the superhero within themselves uh, for, for yes. viewers, encouraging them to do that. And it's the, uh, so the movie is, it's the stories of 10 inspiring young people. And, uh, I, you know, obviously, as I said, my daughter was moved by it. I was moved <laughs> by it. So it, it really applies to all ages. In fact, I think if you're a parent, you might be even moved more than if you're a kid because you're, you know, you're seeing these young people either overcome struggles or help others overcome their struggles. What was your inspiration for look to the sky what led to that film and, and what was that process like for you yeah so you know i the the year that legends of the night came out did that theatrical run i just described to you you know i'm spending a year looking at these photos of these young people dressed in superhero costumes attending these screenings raising money for charity being inspired that night, like your daughter was, you know, to sign up with this charity and volunteer with them. And, you know, that sort of thing. I was seeing all that. And so I would be at a dinner with a friend and have them say, Oh my goodness, the world is so terrible. Did you see what happened today? And I was like, yeah, what I saw today was a hundred young people in Philadelphia get together to have a screening of my film. What did you see? (laughs) And, And they would tell me some terrible story about what came out. And I, I realized that we're all living in these worlds and whether we realize it or not, we're choosing these worlds and we're choosing to live in worlds that see life through fear and through negativity and through all of that stuff. Or we're choosing to see the light. We're choosing to focus on the good things that are happening so that we can lift that up and inspire more of that in the world. And I just said, look, I think people are feeling this level of hopelessness in the world right now, but they're not feeling it based on truth. They're not feeling it based on reality. They're feeling it on a very specific version of reality that they're being told. And so because of that, they're feeling pretty hopeless. They're feeling like the future is not going to be a good place. And I think that is why, as a culture, we're struggling right now with a character like Superman. It's the reason why a character like Wolverine or Deadpool or Batman is much more popular than a character like Superman. And it's because we identify much more with the darkness and the bad parts of ourselves than we do the light and the purity and the compassion and just the, the this, this pure sense of kindness. You know, that sense of 
what Christopher Reeve stood for as Superman when I was a kid, we're not sure that's true anymore. We're not sure that's real anymore, that nobody really is like that, right? I mean, that's just like a Mr. Rogers make-believe world, isn't it? Yeah. And so because of that, it makes it very hard for us to imagine a guy dressed in a bright blue and red costume flying through the sky, saving cats from trees and smiling and waving at people. We can't imagine <laughs> that kind of hero today because that's we don't buy that anymore. And I was like, you know, I'm not sure the world is any different than it ever has been. We just are not as comfortable with that story as we used to be. Yeah, that and, and we so, also have more, sorry to catch up, but more, you know, more media that's constantly shoving that narrative yes. of the world is a scary, evil, dark place, right? That's you know, it. And I think that's a big difference is before there was the internet, before that, right? It, it wasn't, you didn't, you weren't bombarded with those messages. That's exactly right. And, and we talk about that in Look to the Sky. The fact that you can make a lot more more money selling fear in the news yeah. than you can selling kindness and compassion. And, you know, it's easier to get people to stay and watch the commercials when you tell them that up next we're going to give you the five reasons why you might be dying tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. your children are in danger in their schools tomorrow. Yeah. Now, do we have to deal with all that stuff? Absolutely we do. But there's a level in which these constant bombardments create a reality that isn't truly the reality of the world we live in. Sure. That's not the world I live in every day. No, I mean, either. most of the people I meet every day are nice, kind people that care about their family, that want good things for their community. This is who they are. They're not these scary stories we see, but we feel afraid. We don't feel like we can talk to people at the supermarket. We feel afraid to help someone because they might stab us, you know, or whatever. And so, the question becomes, you know, the tagline, the hashtag for this film, Look to the Sky, is Superman is real. Mm. Superman is real. And we wanted to say with this film that that sense of what Superman has represented in the public consciousness for 80 years, that is just as real today as it ever has been. And so in this film, whereas Legends of the Night was about people inspired by Batman, this film is not about people inspired by Superman. It's about people who have embodied his heroic spirit, people who have young people in particular, specifically. And I feel like that's the best way to show that there is hope for the future, that the future is going to be a good place full of possibility and kindness by showing that the truth is, is that this next generation of young people who are coming into our world. They're, you know, every generation we say, oh, my goodness, doom, the next generation is going to damn us. We're going to it's all finished yeah. because of Snapchat, because of social media. We're done. Well, I mean, they've been saying that since the beginning of time. <laughs> and the truth is, is that every generation brings us further into more goodness than the last did. And yeah. I think the truth is this generation is filled with people that want authenticity that want good for not just their own little tribe, their own little family, but they can see the hypocrisy of taking care of our own tribe without taking care of our global family at the same time. And they see so much goodness in themselves and in others. Sometimes they have a little roadblock to that. They have some selfishness, you know, those sorts of things. Sure. But, but I think this is a great generation of young people. I got two of them living in my house right now. <laughs> How old are your kids? Yeah, they're 16 and 13. Okay, got it. And they're two boys. And um, that's what we wanted to express with this film. And 
Um, and so with Look to the Sky, it tells so many beautiful stories. I love this film. I'm very happy with the way it came out. This film, Look to the Sky, it's on Hulu. It's on iTunes. It's also on Amazon uh, Video On Demand there. Uh, it's not on Prime, but it's on the Video On Demand there. Uh, but it's on Hulu. If you have a subscription to Hulu, you can watch it right now. And, um, you know, then we did the same thing. We did charity screenings of this film. Uh, but we also have gone much deeper with this film. We we connected with the Boys and Girls Club of America. And the, the screenings of this film were requested by 300, or 350 at this point, 350 local chapters of Boys and Girls Clubs of America oh, wow. all over the country. And so there have been amazingly beautiful things that have happened with this film over the course of the past year or so. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I love, I, again, I love the themes behind your films and, and the message behind it. We, you know, we do an event every year uh, in San Diego in December called Best Year Ever Blueprint. And essentially, we lead our attendees through a process of identifying their strengths or what we refer to often as their superpowers and then show them how to apply those strengths consistently in a way that makes, you know, achieving their goals and, and, and really achieve. And many of their goals really involve contribution. We really attract real heart centered uh, individuals, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I love that idea of A, focusing on the positive, not only in the world, but in yourself, that light that you spoke of. And, and, you know, accessing those superpowers that we all have to fulfill our potential and also help yep. other people, you know, do the same. No, that's great. I okay. love that. I love that. I love it. What, what's your, uh, last but not least, uh, your, <clears throat> the new film that you're working on or that's coming out, A Voice That Carries. I know it's empowering fathers to be positive influences in their daughter's lives. I have a daughter that's, you know, hugely meaningful to me. So I'm excited for this film. But anything to, uh, to share about it or where people can kind of get on the, get on the list so that they, can get your, you know, your emails or, or get any, any, when that movie comes out, how to be notified. Yeah. So, so you can go to my website, which is brettculp.com, B-R-E-T-T-C-U-L-P.com. I've got an email list that I send out every month or so, but also I'm posting constantly, I, even though I'm on a little break right now, I'm posting constantly on social media about these things and what's happening with them. And we're super excited about this film. We're, we're capturing stories, essentially what we've done is we've, we've um, invited a group of dads to go on a nine-week challenge to build a deeper relationship with their daughter. And we're working with them to kind of create their own challenges, their own opportunities to go deeper into that relationship. Wow. And then what we're hoping will happen is, and what we're planning for, is that when this film is released, we're, we're either going to release a website or an app that goes with this film that is going to invite dads that watch it to go on this challenge for themselves hmm. to, to see these dads go on the challenge in the film yeah. and learn about it. And then to take their own nine week challenge, they can design with their daughter to, you know, experience their life together in new ways to do things they've never done together before to say things to each other. They've never said before to be part of each other's lives in ways they've never experienced before. And and that adventure can be for dads of very young daughters, or it could be for dads of teenage daughters, or for dads whose daughters don't even live in their house anymore, but still they want to go to another level of depth in that relationship. And we hope that this film, A Voice That Carries, will build more connection. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm extremely excited for that. Now, my daughter and I are going on our first 
trip together, just the two of us. And uh, my wife's nervous because I'm a, I'm a little ADHD. I don't pay pay attention. And she's like, "You're gonna watch her. You're gonna make sure she, you know, gets on the plane, right?" I'm like, "Oh, yeah, fine." But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so no, I'm I'm excited to take that challenge, man. I'm always looking to deepen my relationship with both my kids, and of course with each one. And you know, our, my daughter in, in in particular, it's a special relationship. She's my firstborn, yeah. you know, et cetera. Well, man, this is, uh, uh, Brett, I'm so grateful uh, for the work that you're doing in the world and the impact that you're making. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to, to share before we uh, wrap up? No, you know, I will say that the experiences that I've had as a documentary filmmaker have shown me more and more over and over again that all of us have the capacity to do heroic things in our lives. Hmm. That it's not just for the people that make the big headlines. It's not just for you know, the, the celebrities and the famous people that, that all of us in both big ways and smalls, small ways in simple moments and smiles and kind words and kind acts have the capacity to do heroic things that really change each other's lives and that really make the world a better place. I believe at the end of the day that the world changes not because of the big acts of a few people. But the world changes because of the daily small acts of many people. And I think we all have the capacity to be part of that, to contribute to that, and through that to leave a legacy of kindness that makes our lives richer, but that in the process makes the world a more glorious and beautiful and light-filled place. And I, I admire and am grateful for all of the people who continue every day to choose to be on that kind of adventure in their life. And I think that's that's at the end of the day, the big adventure of all of our lives. Yeah. I, I think your, your, your films have a Gandhi theme. They, they could each be called be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're, and, you're demonstrating yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And that's what I've seen over and over again. And again, it's not just in the films themselves, but it's in the way people have responded to the films, what they have done with these films. And at the end of the day, I feel like I am not a filmmaker. I am a tool creator. Hmm. You know, these films are not just films. They are tools that people that I hope many people will continue to use to bring out the light in themselves and in others. And at the end of the day, that's what leadership is. That's the capacity we all have to be leaders in the world. Well, and it's, it's happening, right? Because, uh, you know, I don't know too many movies that you watch that your daughter says, I want to go feed the home homeless people tomorrow. And then, you know, and then you go to the store and make care packages and you're out on the road the next day. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an actual, you know, actually changing someone's behavior to me is, is that that's what a book is about. That's what a film is about in terms of, you know, if you really want to make a difference in somebody's life. So bravo. My friend. I agree. Well, it's a pleasure Thank talking you. to you and, and meeting you today. And, um, I look forward to, uh, I'm going to text you and, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can bug you about some documentary, uh, <laughs> distribution tips here moving forward. Well, Hey, goal achievers. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the achieve your goals podcast. I hope you have enjoyed, uh, my conversation with Brett Culp today as much as I have. And the films, uh, are legends of the night available on Amazon prime and iTunes. And then the one that really changed my daughter's life and, and my life as a re- result Look to the Sky, which is available on Hulu, iTunes, and Amazon Video on Demand. And uh, the new movie, The Voice That Carries, will be out uh, in the next year. And Brett, uh, yeah, we appreciate him coming on. And thank you, Goal Achievers, for tuning in. I love you very much, and I will talk to you next week. Take care. 
Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 